0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. When Hugh Freeze spoke to the media yesterday, it confirmed it. It really is a different era at Auburn.
0: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes.
1: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagherme, and Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me, Daryl Daprich, who has been joining me after every Auburn football and basketball game, but calling him up, hanging out with us on this Friday edition of the show. You and I checked out Hugh Freeze's press conference yesterday. And had a pretty, I I think, big takeaway from this is it's different, Daryl. It's a different era at Auburn. And and we've been talking about how, like, it feels different. There's more hope, yada, yada, yada. But some of the stuff that he said and the way that he's saying it, it's really really saying to me, like, okay, yeah, he's doing things in a different way than we've ever seen at Auburn. And the first thing. We've talked about recruiting before, but like the way he's talking about this, he legitimately hasn't like met his team yet because he's he's putting such an emphasis on recruiting. Like this isn't some sort of exaggeration. And I think that needs to be very clear how much this dude, Hugh Freeze, is absolutely busting his tail and saying, Hey, I'll meet my team later. I'll get to know my team later. But the month of January. That wasn't about that. And he talked about it, Daryl. February, the next week or so, that's when he'll get to finally meet his team.
0: Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think when you mention something like it being so totally different, you have to contrast what we're used to as Auburn fans. And the Brian Harsin era, although there was a level of transparency, there was also, in my opinion, a level of arrogance in press conferences. And when he talked, it was, I'm, I'm the smartest guy in the room. We're not going to recruit. We're going to talk ball. Remember that one, you know, when he pulls guys, assistant coaches off the trail? And as mm-hmm. much as I love Gus Mazin as a person, and I feel like he's a humble person, you you, you almost didn't get anything out of him. His tra- press conferences were not transparent. They were in code. I think sometimes he was very, very misleading on purpose, and that's fine. Everyone has a different approach. Yeah. When Hugh Freeze said February is typically a time you get a breather in this business, after talking about all he's done is recruit. And he says, now, because I was on the road recruiting, I don't, I'm don't, i not afforded that opportunity to get a breather. I'm in meetings with my position coaches and coordinators. Yesterday, or two days ago, it was pass protect. Yesterday, it was the screen game. Wow, that was so refreshing to hear. I mean, that, first of all, that's transparent. He's talking nice about what we're working on. Yeah. Nice little nugget that he's mm-hmm. talking exactly. I mean, he's letting the media know, kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and say, here's what we're working on. But there is no breather in February. And, you know, February 27th, spring ball starts. I, I found it interesting, too, that, Zach, he's going to have time not only to spend time with his players, he's not being able to watch a lot of film. He was very honest about that. And they asked him about the quarterback room, and he said, I haven't had a chance to watch whole games. I had someone do a cut-up of good and bad. And then I'll take that, and I'll be able to look at that going into the spring. That's very honest
1: and transparent, too. Well, and I I guess another way that he's kind of getting to know who's where as far as, you know, you look at this roster is he gets a daily list from Coach Dom, the strength and conditioning coach. And it's like if your name's on a list, it's usually not a good thing. And it sounds like there's lists for all sorts of things as far as, you know, Mm -hmm. who who kind of, you know, didn't go as hard as they possibly should. And and workouts, or I think some of it was grades related. I think some of it's behavioral, all sorts of different things. And it sounds like he gets a list every single day from Coach Dom. And I I thought that was kind of an interesting tactic, and maybe other coaches do it. And he's you know Hugh Freeze is just being a little bit more transparent, but I thought that was interesting
0: as well, Daryl. It was very interesting because it was tied to another question that talked about what do the quarterbacks have to do to grow up to be an sec quarterback. And the first thing he said was stay off the list. It could be parking. You park in a wrong parking spot. It could be grades. It could yeah. be strength. And he said, he was very quick to back pedal and go, well, I'm not saying that we have a problem with it, but a few times, but if you want to be a quarterback and play and lead Auburn and have people follow you stay off the list, you know, that's, that's interesting. And that's telling as well, that list, and he said he said it's a distra- he calls it a distractions list mm-hmm. anything that that appears on that list that could distract from what they're trying to accomplish because he said he wanted them to get really good at something just one thing when spring practice before when spring practice was over and then they have all of fall to implement different variations of things and you know it's just amazing the detail he said if we if we tell you to run a route a certain way, and we tell our tailbacks to use this kind of footwork and the offensive linemen to pass protect, when I don't see it's that way on film, then I'm going to go back to Ken Austin, who's the quarterback coach and game day coordinator, and he'll fix it. I mean, that's that's a pretty good level of detail, and that's why he's meeting with these people now so he can implement that in the spring.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he's very upfront about what his plan and expectations are. And you you touched on the, the, where I want to go in a second, but Daryl, I got to talk to Hugh one-on-one for a few minutes after, after the, the, the senior ball practice Tuesday afternoon. And I was kind of waiting and and stepped to the side as he was wrapping up a conversation. And and I'm not going to give any details there, but he was very, he was all in on the conversation he was having. And then when he turned in and, and he, Uh, He introduced himself to me and to Lance Dahl, who was there helping me with Auburn Daily stuff. He's all in on every conversation that he has. He's all in. And so I'm not worried about him getting to know his players down the road. He's going to do that because that's just the kind of guy that he is. And he talked about it yesterday, Darrell, about he's aware that he's got a gift as far as dealing with people and getting to work with people and putting a group of people together and kind of charge towards one goal together. And to me, like, I I think some people are going to say, how does he not know his team? They're not going to want to play for him. Don't let that be a concern. Because everybody that has played for Hugh Freeze that I've gotten the chance to talk to, or folks on his staffs that I've gotten the chance to talk to, you know, getting their thoughts on the hire, everybody loves working with or for this dude. Do not. Do not worry about the fact that he does not know this team yet. You know, in all walks of life,
0: whether it's business or I've had this opportunity, you know, in, in places of worship in, in being blessed over the years to have uh, met certain players, coaches, there, there are certain people that have a gift of engagement right? where they make you feel like you are the only person in the room when they're talking to you. And then there's people that are looking over your shoulder to see who they can talk to next.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I hate to say this, but as a comparison, you freeze as a guy that has the gift of a relational skill that makes you feel like you're the most important person that you're talking to. And that's you, right. he's all in on you. Lane Kiffin to me, he strikes me as the guy that's looking over his shoulder as to who's better that can come along that he can talk to you. Now I'm just saying, cause a, a compare and contrast. And so that matters with recruits. It matters with yeah. parents. It matters with your incoming players. And having that gift is very, very important. Don't ever, ever under, uh, underestimate that because it
1: it's in all walks of life. There's no question about it. All right. He laid out his plan, Daryl, for spring. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. We'll talk about that in just a second right here on Locked on Armor. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. Yes, our friends at FanDuel. And you can bet on so many different things regarding Super Bowl 57. Daryl, the Eagles are a one-and-a-half point favorite over the Chiefs. Which way are you leaning on that, just kind of shooting from the hip here? Eagles,
0: I love their defensive front. I think with Mahomes still being a little limited with that ankle, he's good linear, uh, not side-to-side. Side. I think with the Eagles' offensive line as well, uh, I just I love lines of scrimmage. I love defense in this type of game. If Mahomes was completely healthy, I'd have a different take. But I like the yeah. Eagles in this.
1: Yeah, and they've got different uh, different lines. If if you want to kind of go a little bit more in depth, Travis Kelsey, twenty five plus receiving yards in each half. You can get that at minus one thirty. AJ Brown, twenty five receiving yards in each half for the Eagles. That's plus one thirty. All, all kinds of different things going on with the super bowl and look they are running this really cool special right now if you download the fanduel app and you can uh, bet super bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win so be sure to check that out go to fanduel.com locked on to claim that no sweat first bet on super bowl 57 that's fanduel.com locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner Of the NFL. you You already said it, Daryl. I, I thought one of the most interesting things that he said was, I, he wants this team to like find one thing that they're good at over the spring, and like, let's let's do it. Let's just get good at that thing. because and the reason I love this so much, Daryl, is the second half of the Maozon era at Auburn and then pretty much all the Harson era. There was no identity, especially on offense. There was no identity. I think they wanted to kind of be a hard-nosed running team, and it just never really happened that way. You didn't have the personnel to do it, and I don't think the scheme really helped you out either. But find something you're good at, and then you know he he talked about it from the quarterback's perspective too. Like, let's figure out what the quarterbacks can do in the quarterback room, and then let's mold our offense around that. And to me, it's just he he sees the importance of finding an identity, and it doesn't matter if you can do one thing, two things, three things well. You got to find something. And then you can kind of start to build your identity around what that is. And Auburn's offense hasn't had an identity in probably the last five seasons, Daryl. And so that kind of got me fired up.
0: Yeah. You know, it seems like Auburn never really, they were schizophrenic. Uh, You know, there were years there where we knew exactly what Gus Malzahn wanted to be with the NASCAR and go fast. And then Harson comes in and it looked like with Bo Nix, they were going to do some read option and go fast. Then he kind of went pro style. It, It never works. When you're trying to serve two masters. So get something that you feel like you're really, really good at and then work on it, work on it, work on it, perfect it that even yeah. if the other team knows it's coming, if you execute it and practice it so well that you can execute it, then build outwardly from there is what he sounds like. Put wrinkles in, put you know, certain things in there that are uh, you know, audibles off of that kind of stuff. So you're not mm-hmm. so predictable. I love it. I, I love that approach. I think it simplifies things. It gives people a clear direction and path as to what they want to become. And a lot of these kids just needed that. I think they needed that vision. Uh, and, they, and they'll I think they'll thrive. I really do. It'll be interesting though to see what it is, what the identity is going to be, because we've seen him and his his offense is fast-paced. He he made a very interesting point about how as a play caller, he knows he could get it rolling. And sometimes he's got to dial that back because it's not fair to the defense. And he'll be consulting with Ron Roberts and say, this may not be what's best for the team right now. I may have to change some certain things. That is very refreshing to hear from a head coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I loved that he's holding quarterbacks accountable and sending a message early to these guys. And it seems like every time, and rightfully so, I mean, every time he talks to anybody, they're going to ask about the quarterback position. And and I talked about this earlier in the week, Daryl, but, how hard it is to evaluate these guys when they get the ball and there's, you know, two opposing defenders that they've got to worry about sacking them within two seconds of the snap. I mean, obviously that's a problem because a lot of what he's saying is like, is he high on the, like, is he, I don't, I don't know how confident he is about the quarterback position. And then he'll say something like that. It was like, look, we don't know. Like, we don't know how good these guys are. I don't care how much film you watch. This just impossible to know because TJ Finley, and Robbie Ashford, they were just they, they weren't ever really given a chance to succeed. And I talk about that all the time with head coaches and coaching, coaching in general. It's like you got to put your guys in a situation to succeed, and no quarterback on this roster has really been given that opportunity yet.
0: Yeah, that was very telling. He said they haven't had a chance to sit back in the pocket and progress through their reads. And so, Because he wants to see a quarterback do that. That's part of his offense is, am, am I making yeah. the right read? Am I making the right check down? Well, let's be honest, Zach. Even Bo Nix wasn't able to do that. They were running for their freaking lives all the time, improvising. That's why Robbie, with his speed, made some big plays downfield because the play broke down and he improvised. Mm-hmm. Bo right. Nix did the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see if the offensive line that he put together gives them times to progress and check down on their reads. Let routes develop. I, I feel like sometimes too Auburn's receivers couldn't really run the routes they wanted to run and get separation because protection broke down so quickly. Uh it'll be interesting. I think that that we're gonna see I think we'll see that early on. We'll go wow yeah. there's there's an op- he scanned the field, whatever quarterback it is, scanned the field and went to his third option. That's gonna be a pleasant surprise.
1: That's right. That's right. And he mentioned that he likes to have 16 offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. This, he just put, I'm surprised you yeah. put that number out there. I was he told did. that number uh, from, from a source on staff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, okay. We're just going to put that number out there and let it be public. That's fine. And then talked about the eight guys that he brought in. And he's yeah. like, I like them on paper, right? Is it, exactly what he said. He likes them on paper. He likes what they've done, uh, you know, on film and he likes them as men, which are, which is all great, but he's right. You got to go out got to go out and win the job but I just thought it was uh (laughs) he was very honest
0: and said I've never been in a position in my coaching career where I had to go get nine offensive linemen to get to the 16 and so Uh, when I got done watching the press conference because I'm a dork this way I went back and pulled up all his rosters at Ole Miss and guess what he had 16 offensive linemen that lettered most of his years that he coached wow. there. I didn't look at liberties because I, I don't know. I just think that's a different animal. It is. But yeah. he 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 what he what you heard and that that he you know before he put it out there is absolutely true. And then to have to to be very honest and go and I had to go get nine. How hard that he said you know how hard that is. So let's let's not let's not downplay that accomplishment of getting eight, where four of the eight will probably be your starters.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you start four four newcomers start. And there's certainly a chance where it's more than that, but I, I think it's gonna be four of the five for sure. And then he talked about how he's already concerned about the 2024 class, which that's different because I just don't know if Gus or Harson ever really looked that far into the future right now, mm-hmm. where he was worried about the 2024 class. In January. Now, a lot of Gus's tenure, they didn't have their early signing day, so it's a little different, right? It's a little different world there, but still, like, just the, the fact that he's already focused on 2024 and evidently 2025 with, with the commitment of Malik Autry getting that class going, but that's just encouraging, too. And he's, like, very vocal about that. I mean, he said that in every, like, media availability that we've heard, too. It's like, we're behind. We're behind on 2024. <laughs> um. And so, like, he had to spend a lot of time doing that in January as well, instead of you know working with his team and, and getting to know his team and all that. But he's just so behind the he feels like he's so behind the eight ball from a roster standpoint, and just the, the self-awareness of all of this, because I think the old the other guy would have come out and said, well, I can win with any roster, let's just talk ball. Mm-hmm. And Hugh has the awareness because he's been in the conference before, like he understands how talented these rosters are. You know, the, the last hire, you couldn't say that, which I think is why this SEC experience is so important. But he's looking at Auburn's roster, and he's probably looking at the projection of what the roster looks like next year and the following year, and he's like, we are way behind, Daryl. We are way behind as far as how talented this roster is. And he's doing something about it. He's going out there and fixing it. And, and it's just, I don't know, man. Every, the more I hear Hugh Freeze talk, the more I like him. I think that it's refreshing. I,
0: the, the The early signing period is why I think the the, the game has completely changed in the last two years, three years, because I love recruiting. And I know a lot of your listeners and viewers sure. do, and a lot of your guests do. I love recruiting. I love when John Garcia's on. I, I love it. And then, but I, I've always had a little bit of recruiting fatigue around January. I'm like ready to reset and think about spring ball. You cannot do that anymore. So when I hear no. a coach start talking about 2024 and 2025, I'm like, what? And then I realized he's absolutely right. Kirby and Nick Saban and all these guys have already had these juniors on campus before and you got to play catch up. But look, if there's anybody, if there's anybody that can play catch up after what he did with moving this recruiting class from 60 to 17 and fourth in the transfer portal recruitings, he can get it done. Look what he got done in a month. Imagine what he can get done in 11. So Mm -hmm. he says he's behind. But I still think he's light years ahead of what another coach would have been had
1: Auburn brought in because of his just the way his, his, his makeup and how he does it. Does Auburn bring in a quarterback in the May transfer window? Let's discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered 100% in chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably good flavors. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. And I don't know how they do it, but Built Bar taste just like a candy bar. But the calories are low. Like Most of the bars are 130 calories per bar and they're high in protein. Most of them have around 17, 18 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar. You got to try these things out. And so I've told you for years, you can go to built.com to order these things, but now they're in Walmart and Sam's club. So be sure to check out our friends at built bar. The next time you go to the grocery store, they'll probably be there in Sam's club. They've got a 13 bar box with hit flavors like uh, brownie batter and churro. And trust me, you can thank me later. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at alumni hall. It's the best place to buy Auburn swag. Cannot stress. That enough, all officially licensed. You know what you're getting. And they've got all sports covered. Football, basketball, baseball is right around the corner. And look, the, it's the best place to buy all of it. The, the service is always super friendly. If you go to any of their in-person stores, I've gone to the ones in Auburn and Opelika. Both often, the Opelika one is in Tigertown. The Auburn one is off of College Street. You drive past it a million times, I'm sure, if you live in or around Auburn. They've also got a store in Huntsville. and If you don't live in any of those markets, be sure to head over to alumnihall.com. They've got great shipping over there, and you can just get whatever you want sent right to your door. Alumnihall.com. Thank you so much to Alumni Hall for partnering with Locked on Auburn. Daryl Daprich, our guest today. So he, He touched on, Hugh Freeze yesterday touched on a little bit the idea of going out and getting a quarterback through the transfer portal in the May window. I just don't see a world where that doesn't happen. Now, is it going to be the starter, Daryl? I don't know, but I just think you need another quarterback, especially if TJ Finley transfers after after the spring.
0: Yeah, that's the million dollar question. I think it's it's a yeah. given that you need another body in the quarterback room, and i i would I would hope that he would, you know, preferably want a body that competes for that starting job, or is he going to go get a presumed starter? that's still out there that could come in the spring. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic. I think the way he answered it, he didn't back himself in a corner. He -hmm. was very transparent and said, I've been honest. I've been honest with my quarterbacks. I've told them you better take coaching hard. You better not blink. Then he said something interesting about when something doesn't go right, watch the body language.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I thought that was pretty, pretty telling. Um, And he said, but look, if, if we determine that after the spring, that we need a quarterback, we'll go get one. And he did and, and I think he also said there was a couple that they were high on that it just didn't work out. And he said, to no fault of our own. Yeah. Um that and that he said he there were
1: a few that they were that, entertaining and it just didn't fire them up. I mean, you and, can
0: fill in the blanks.
1: I'm not gonna to do me, it, but to, anybody to you that can that fill Jackson, in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Not Jackson yeah. Dart, the guy who's trying to take Spen- Jackson Dart's job. S- Spencer Sanders. And Spencer I think the Sanders, two yeah.
0: I think the two that Auburn was interested in was Grayson McCall and Devin Leary. That's just my opinion. Leary got an ungodly amount of NIL from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and we know all know about the Grayson McCall sports management thing. I that's what I believe. I think uh, Grayson McCall will be here in May. That's, that's what just, I think too. I'm I a little surprised that, that Brennan Armstrong didn't get more of a look, but I mean he knows he's a quarterback whisperer, although he said this was telling too. I love the X's and O's I love the the, the desired effect of my quarterbacks and giving them confidence, but the, all the X's and O's and all the uh, mechanics, I leave to Austin. He's the best there is. Ken Austin. Yep. Ken Austin is the as a quarterback whisperer in mechanics. He said, "I don't get involved in all that. I just get you know. I just want to see the result and the schemes." And I thought that was man. He can delegate. Now you know he talked about defensively. What you know, getting with Ron Roberts about certain things flow during the game and. Talked about calm plays. But I love the fact that I think he will let his coaches coach. He also said, man, this is where the guy's got some great self-awareness. There's one sentence or one paragraph that I took away from this press conference that to me epitomizes the u era at Auburn. He said, like anybody else, and he looked out at the reporters, he said, like you guys, Mm -hmm. you know what you're really, really good at and you know what you stink at. And what I'm not good at, I'm going to hire somebody that's good at that job. Now, where in the world would you have ever seen the former coach at Auburn admit there was anything he wasn't good at or he had to go out and get somebody that was? I think that is very telling. That's only going to make this program better when you have that kind of Mm self-awareness.
1: Have you I I didn't tell you I was going to go this direction. Have you read the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins? I have not. I know I know it's a pretty popular one in like business leadership or whatever. There's a chapter in there where they talk about you know they they clarify like what companies that went from good to great do. and there's there there's a leadership property that they discuss about how good to great companies, the the new CEO or president or whatever they come in and they get the right people on the bus before they discover what the destination is. And they get all the right people, and then they decide what they want to do. They don't say, okay, that's the goal. Let's get let's hire people to get to that goal. Hugh Freeze to me is like, all right, these are my guys that I really like, and this is my team. Let's figure out what they're good at, and then let's let let's figure out you know, how far we can drive this bus. We don't know which direction we're going yet. And and to me, I, I think that was pretty cool. Because I think a lot of coaches. I think the good ones, not the great ones. I think the good coaches, this is what we're doing. Can you help me do this? And that's not what Hugh Freeze is doing. And so I, I think that that's going to be something that's going to help Auburn in the long run. How about he talked it about being like-minded.
0: He wants them to, he said, I'm not going to tell them what to say or how to say it, but I think the end goal needs to be the same, that we all need to have the same vision, the same message, talk the same goals and, and all that. And, and you know, and, and but, you know, it's an open book. I think anybody that's successful Mm -hmm. has a staff around him too of people. You can't, you have to have somebody that'll push back and oppose a little bit. Right. You know, you you have to have somebody. I mean, I know that the, the, the historical, uh, historical references, Lincoln's first Abraham Lincoln's first cabinet, half of them were his enemies, but he knew they were talented and he knew they were gifted and he knew they had skill sets that could take, him, where he wanted to go, in the country where they wanted to go. I think the same thing with a football team. I mean, I want everyone on the same page, and I want everyone to get along, and I want chemistry, but you also have to listen to people and maybe put aside your pride and your ego if it's what takes you and makes you the best football team you can be.
1: Yep, that's right. Daryl. how can people give you some love, buddy? Dap 6410
0: uh, right down there on Twitter, I'll be with you. Tomorrow, with after the Tennessee game, all right. live after the game, and then on Monday morning with Ben Taylor, Auburn Opelika this morning at about 7.10 to 7.30, we'll talk all sports.
1: Yep, fantastic. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Locked on Auburn. We are getting closer and closer to uh, those 10,000 subs. Very, very cool. Really, really means a ton. We'll see you tomorrow, as Daryl said, as we recap Auburn. Hopefully a win over the Tennessee Vols. This has been